0: Thank you. Hello, everyone. Hi, Nathan. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Reckless Attack, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Nathan, here with my Intrepid Adventurers.
1: Yay. Woo! I'm Intrepid Adventurer.
0: Hi. Hi, Intrepid (laughs) Adventurers. Hello. Uh, Hey, Intrepid Adventurers, starting from this Intrepid adventure, could you please introduce yourself and the Intrepid Adventurer that you'll be both inhabiting, playing, and being this Wh- evening.
1: Why, yes. Yes, I can. Hi everyone. My name is Jonathan and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Jr. For a second I was like, wait a second, what what
0: are their names? Again? <laughs> it's it's been a I? little bit yeah. yeah well yeah. and the, there's a lot more in the frog yeah, stack now. And, and, and... It's,
1: uh, yeah, exa- exactly. But I think uh so Checkers is feeling a little bit um not sad, but his head's a little lighter these days because he is missing three gold coins because he lost them in gambling to the fortunate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just, he's just like, oh, wow, I can't wait to get more money. Um, <laughs> but that's that's how Checkers is doing.
0: I also like the like Checkers has never once been motivated by money. No. And so I like the idea that he's just like, well, wait. I won it, though.
1: Yeah, right. I'm
0: going gonna, I'm gonna to win it. I don't, I don't just want to ask Val
1: for it. Yeah. I want to go back and, and win it from the fortunate. So I'm um, looking forward to playing cards tonight. But it sounds like we have some spooky things to deal with, which hopefully the person to my right will tell us about.
2: Hi, I'm Sophie, <laughs> playing Valeska Carter, the human Astra cleric of the Arcana domain. I don't know why I'm telling you about
0: I, it. I don't know. <laughs> recap, recap.
1: Recap. <laughs> No, <laughs> I, I, I just assume Val knows everything, so I feel like that. Well,
2: I mean, Val, might know everything, but I don't do the recap. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, fine. Well, fine. Nathan's job. Yeah. <laughs> and Val is walking into a spooky situation. Something pretty and weird. And she's like, you know what? I can turn undead. It'll probably be fine. Yeah.
0: It'll, be fine. Yeah.
2: It'll be totally fine. And across the table from me is the person who named the spooky thing.
3: Ooh, yes, I did. Hi everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Solvasterlin, the dragonborn monk, who at this point is convinced that you know it's just a dream. Nothing's really. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it'll be fine. It's just you know the weird images in the mist and things like that. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, totally. Pretty much what I as I as I looked at Nathan and Nathan confirmed by nodding vigorously that I was
0: correct. Definitely, actually,
1: actually, what happened canon. And to my right. Hi everyone. I am David and I play Casgrin Brightmane, the dwarven warlock. And this is probably going to be our first combat at level 5. Ooh, Ooh, fancy. Ooh. It's going to be spicy.
0: Yes. Mm. Uh which are level 5 level up available now for our patrons. Speaking of spooky spooky combats. That is indeed About what you find yourselves into. Uh, You guys have been on the road on uh, tracking down some leads to hopefully be able to meet up with a powerful magic user who can help you reforge the control bands for your friends, the bones, back in the red city of Agmar. And it's uh, weird outside the red city of Agmar. Mm -hmm. Uh, And weird is like a best case scenario. Weird is like, cool, it was only weird today, mm-hmm. and that's nice. <laughs> Other times, it's very it's very scary and bad, actually. As Jonathan said, you guys were setting down the night before to play a little bit of cards with your Bones pal, the Fortunate, the undead centurion who had agreed to accompany you on this journey when a spooky apparition appeared behind them and didn't really do anything. It was just kind of there. The fortunate could not perceive it, but you guys certainly did. And eventually it kind of just disappeared. You went along your day regularly until a little while into your day. When suddenly the sky turned from day to twilight. And this apparition appeared once more to you all. And Steve, you wrote in your excellent notes, what did it say to you all? I believe, if I have this correct, the apparition said, fight alongside me.
3: Be the brothers and sisters who did not put us to rest.
0: Seems seems about right. Yeah. Seems about right.
2: This is why we love Steve, because he takes such good notes that Jonathan, <laughs> David, yeah. and I have <laughs> kind of like given up yeah. taking notes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: Steve will get it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Next time I gotta play a character that just doesn't pay attention to anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Teach everyone else a lesson. Make them do the work. a character
1: that can't write. Ah.
0: So, we join the heroes of the Golden Tree Guild who are alone in kind of this expanse, this large field, uh, the plains rather, that you guys have been walking through for the last couple of days, not on the road, out in the wilderness. You see before you this specter And you don't, you can't really say why, but everything is telling you this is the same apparition that has appeared to you a couple times, not just last night, but throughout the day today. And you get the sense that, again, it is extending this kind of like, again, pseudopod. I don't remember what we, appendage, I think (laughs) was the miscellaneous term that we uh, decided. And extending kind of once more out to you guys and says this to you, join me. Your perception shifts ever so slightly. It's like when you're kind of looking at one of those magic pictures where you hold it really close to your eyes and you cross Mm -hmm. your eyes and then you move it away. It's kind of that sensation. Something shifts in the way that you see the world and behind this apparition kind of snaps into focus several other strange, almost formless apparitions. They are swirling together. There are suddenly dozens. Suddenly there are scores of these all swirling around. And at first it seems incomprehensible. They are simply blobs swirling around, smashing against each other you see appear next to the apparition. Four other spirits. And all of this is happening in this weird, dreamlike way where you see them in front of you, but also you see them moving into the fray. You see them start to swirl. You see this apparition that appeared to you and its four companions stand together. Go into combat together. And then a large entity approaches, almost a shadow of static. And the four companions leave and run, leaving one to face down this foe. Your focus shifts again, and it's almost like everything is reset. There is swirling going on, and the apparition is once again extending its appendage to you all. And the four spirits are flanking it again. And the apparition extends, and you hear it say, Do you stand with me? After a moment, the scene reenacts itself on a loop. No matter how long you guys stand there, And watch before making any decisions, observations, what have you. You see these scenes play out over and over. It's the same movements, the same clashing, and the same betrayal, only to be reset again.
2: Quick question Val was able to vibe check this apparition previously, and it, like, she learned it. Wasn't there to harm them. No. Just lost.
0: Correct. And as a reminder, you also would have recognized what this is. It is a ghost, but it is not necessarily just kind of your run-of-the-mill, angry, unrest spirit. But this is an echo, a shadow of something that happened before. Kind of in the same way that objects of focus were made. That there was... Something so, so tragic, so beautiful, so inspiring, so loving, that the echo remained. And this one has been here for you do not know how long.
3: Remind me again, does the, because the, for, the fortunate didn't see the original one from the other
0: day. Do they see this one? The fortunate's like, is everything okay? Okay. You guys are just kind of standing there. What's, um... Don't know yet. Checkers would probably start to
1: go up to this sort of scene and start trying to wave his hands through it to see if he can, like...
0: What part of the scene?
1: Just maybe, like, when the person turns to face us and yell, do you stand with me? He would, like, try to wave his hand through the person the spirit's arm and see if if he can like mess with it basically
0: yeah so your hand passes through it and seemingly no effect especially because you are you're just like playing with it right yeah basically and whatever (laughs) yeah so it doesn't even react to you doing it like it spends the same amount of time with its appendage extended to you guys and then everything resets and replays in the same pace the same order as it did previously And Kaskrin
1: almost can't take his eyes off of this. He sees the spirit reaching out his hand, asking for help, and it's like he is already in there charging forward with the other people. Like, he feels such a deep need to go in and help that he almost steps in just by himself before turning around and realizing what's going on. What's your passive perception? Thirteen.
0: Actually, Kaskrin because you feel that way and you're already kind of feeling swept up in it. Mm -hmm. You can swear you hear battle. It's muffled and distant and almost incoherent, but you've heard battle before and the rhythm is the same.
1: And it's like he can't even tell if this is coming from whatever vision this is, whatever echo, or if it's a memory that's somehow gotten yep. jostled from his mind.
0: Yeah, and could be both.
3: The apparition or any of the other apparitions, um, Any? are there any details that come out, like a crest or... Not uh, right now.
0: T- okay. No, it is just pure kind of smoky static as you look. Okay.
2: As the apparition holds out his hand and knowing Cass's background and... Insight into both him and this shade in front of us, Val will reach out not to accept the shade's hand, but to put a reassuring and like affirmative hand on Cass's shoulder and like squeezing it to say, Yes, Val is behind him.
1: And this is the first time as you touch Cass's shoulder that he turns around and sees everyone Mm -hmm. and sees the quizzical look on the Fortunate's face. There's something in front of us, uh, a battle scene, uh, a shadow of something that happened here who knows how long ago. It seems they're asking for help in a great fight and kind of relays what he's seeing to the Fortunate.
0: The Fortunate walks over to you and just knows that you are obviously kind of like in a zone and then just kind of like... leans over in front of you because she is much taller and like kind of mi- brings her face down to you and you get the impression that it's just like checking for concussion basically so, um you see okay there's a a battle okay
2: fortunate we Weird. all see this or I see this as well it's not just Cass
0: as do I
1: yeah it's there I, I mess with it and but, then uh, it's there. <laughs>
3: This will be directed, I guess, at well, at everyone except for Checkers. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing Checkers doesn't know, but you know. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any large battles that you know of
0: that happened here?
2: Are there any large battles that I know of here?
0: Give me a history check.
2: Guess what dice I'm using? What dice are you using, Sophie? I'm using these amazing uh, dice from Starbucks that are molten. What do you say, molten core?
0: Yes. Yes, we got some brand new dice. It is our first recording episode. Episode 50, which alone hey. is a fucking cool milestone. 50 <laughs> yeah. hours of content. Happy, happy 50. Happy 50. Everybody. 50. Yeah. Hey. Um, and it is also our first recording session after our birthday. Hey. Um and so yeah, uh, got a little gift um by way of Starbuck S-T-R-R-B-U-C-K on Twitter. Who makes amazing artisan dice? They are uh, including incredible. They including are these amazing. These molten core dice, uh, which basically means there's a lot of sparkles, of bright red sparkles for the red city of Agmar inside of these dice, uh, so that when you roll them, they swirl around like a it's cool like snow a globe. snow globe. Yeah,
3: I thought they were uh, they were kind of like self colored too, because you had like the uh, oh yeah, uh, they're they're silverish, but you know some red in there. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. They're very nice. Yours can be whatever color you want them to be, Steve.
3: That's canon in my, that's my head. Canon. Yeah. Oh,
0: we <laughs> yeah. also got two additional giant dice. One of them with uh, both of them with like cool landscapes in them. Oh, uh, yeah. One of them with a bilium, with a little mm-hmm. frog with butterfly wings <laughs> yep. and one with a, a beautiful donkey pegasus who is technically maybe a future Hody. We'll see. Wings, spider legs. Who's to say? Mm-hmm. So thank you, Starbuck.
2: Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you.
0: Kaskrin would also like to roll history
1: to see if he's heard of any battle that's happened around this area before.
0: Mm-hmm. So this one would be pretty hard.
1: Guidance.
0: Cool. I'll allow it. <laughs> Kaskrin with a nine.
2: <laughs> uh, Valeska with a 19.
0: Um, you don't. Even with a 19. And specifically, if you had a, any more information, any more context, you know that this battle happened sometime between 30 and 150 years ago.
2: That's oddly specific.
0: Well, because these are phenomenon very similar to objects of focus, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a point where new objects of focus and new similar phenomenon stopped happening on Rixia. So, you know, whatever this was, it happened sometime before that. And also, they weren't always happening. So... There's a gap of mm-hmm. quite a long time, and which is obviously a lot of history to be keeping track of. But you might get more information should you participate.
3: Who knows? Selv will stand up a little straighter and say, they're asking for our assistance. We
2: should help. Thou nod and look to Cass.
1: He looks back to the rest of the group before slowly extending one rocky hand to reach towards the shadow. Do you stand
0: with me? And he grasps his hand. We stand with you, brother. The last thing you hear before something once again shifts is a fortunate says, um, I'll be here. Good luck. And then it is as if (laughs) this is a very... Modern interpretation, for, but is the only way I can truly express it. You know when you're at the optometrist and they finally click in Mm -hmm. the lenses Mm -hmm. that you can see through? Hmm. That is what happens. Suddenly, all of the static takes the shape of mortals all around you. You are immediately thrust into battle. And this is not... A fight. You guys have been in fights. This is a battle. This is a war. There are people all around you. It seems like you're maybe in some sort of a camp or something, but again, it's dark-ish. You guys can see fine, but it's strange. There are tents everywhere, and there is pandemonium. There are rallying cries from one side, and there is war cries coming from whoever the aggressors were. And, they, and Scores of people are swirling around in a dance of death that probably none, save for Cass or maybe Checkers, has ever experienced on this scale in their lives. This is a proper war. You all snap into this reality. You hear the clang of steel. You smell smoke. You hear all of these sights and sounds and experiences of being thrust into this. And you are all standing, not where you were, but where those shadows were. And in between you all is a man. This handsome man is wearing what must have once been gleaming plate armor. And he stands before you with a stylized bear head on his breastplate. He is haggard. He has pretty roughly cut black hair, beige skin darkened by dirt and the sun, and an air of tiredness. But still, he stands, eyes narrowed, holding a long sword in both hands, at a colorful figure. 30, or 40 feet away from you as battle swirls. Before we go any further, this all feels very real, but also feels like a dream. You are yourselves, but you are also clearly representative of whoever was here. When you look at one another, you see each other. Your thoughts are your own, but... Somehow you are still part of this narrative machine, if that makes sense.
2: We're playing a role in...
0: (sighs) It's almost, it's more, you are symbols. So you are still Val. Your choices are still Val choices. You don't need to worry about suddenly, aha, you are actually this person from the past. But it's kind of one of those things where you have free will... And your actions change things, but also maybe your actions don't change things. It's very strange, but you get the sense, again, that you are yourselves in this moment. And Checker just kind of, like, wiggles
1: his arms in front of him, and I'm imagining he's seeing, like, this kind of spooky, ghostly
0: aftermath as he's wiggling his arms back and forth. It's like ah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it is. It's not even full like arms or whatever. Yeah, it's just like this vapor trail. Yeah, is kind of going behind you as if again, it's a little dreamlike, a little bit. Is this smoke trailing from me, or is it a, again a strange echo of your movements and the movements of whoever was here before you mm-hmm. across a battlefield? It's kind of one of those poetic moments that you see in movies where. While the battle rages on around you, there is a clear line of sight between you and the individual that this person, this apparition who is now seemingly real, is yelling out to. The person across from you is wearing extremely colorful robes. It is relatively skinny, pale skin, shaved head. He is wearing kind of a cape on top of his very colorful robes, which is also colorful, which has this huge, almost cartoonishly tall collar on it. And the only thing that he he appears to be holding is a large banner. I will say probably definitely Val, but probably multiple of you guys would look over and see an eye. Surrounded by four other symbols. One at the top and three others. Kind of in a diamond pattern. And you guys would know this is a symbol of the Pentar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. This colorful individual looks over at you all. Specifically focusing on the apparition between you. But taking you all in. And it calls out in this supernaturally loud voice. You may have found our camp, but you will not find us easy prey, Prince Robard. And even if you beat us here now, reinforcements will be here in not but a few hours and wipe out this pathetic resistance once and for all. It will be I... Borrow the muse, cord caller of the five crowned kings to finally bring your people under the rule of the Pentarchy. And you can see as he is saying this, you see people kind of start to form up around him, clearly gathering around this person and ready to defend them and charge into battle. The apparition in front of you, the prince in front of you, responds, We fought the Pentarchy for months, and you should know us to be skilled enough hunters to wipe you out and be gone long before those reinforcements come. And as the tides shift, where you all sense that moment where you go from not fighting for your lives to fighting for your lives, as the two sides begin to charge, you hear... Borrow the muse, cord collar of the five crowned kings. Yell out, we shall see. Roll initiative. Oh, boy.
1: She
0: is all right. Self
3: with
1: a 21. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. Nice. Checkers with a 14. Castrin with a six. Ah, Val with a seven.
0: The battle rages around you but you guys are engaged in kind of a particular set of combatants. For the sake of simplicity, and I guess I'll ask for the listeners at home, Jonathan, could you please describe the amount of miniatures that I, the Dungeon Master, have now put on the table that are not you guys?
1: One might call them a raid. Nathan has put down at least twice as many enemy figures as there are allied figures,
0: which is a, a, it's a lot. <laughs> indeed. We do yeah. a lot of theater of the mind here, but I felt like we should probably keep yeah. track of this. Just, just
1: to represent the sheer number of foes that we're having to face here. It's it, like 20. Indeed. It's like a
0: lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a lot. Yeah, I have uh, some mixed news for you all. First of all, the majority of these creatures are minions. So. Uh, and I mean that mechanically. We are going to, for this combat, be trying out The MCDM minion rules from their upcoming monster book, Flea Mortals, which has a a great name that is actually Rixia adjacent, which is extra fun. (laughs) I will be asking for money. Matt Colville, thank you. Um, So there are two groups of minions. They do a bunch of things that kind of work well together. If they take damage from an attack or by failing a saving throw, they are dead if they take any damage that does not involve an attack or a saving throw, or if they succeed a saving throw, there are other more finicky rules that you guys don't need to worry about. So treat them kind of as normal and you just get to do extra fun stuff. I'm
2: fucking pissed. I don't get to go first because I have ideas. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, you should uh, be better at rolling initiative. Yep.
2: I have no bonuses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that is not all that is here. There are also... Two individuals who have formed up, who both have large spiked shields and kind of a spear that are getting into formation alongside each of these groups of minions. Behind them is the cord collar of the Pentarchy. And next to him is a dwarf woman who is sidled up, who has what appears to be a long bow. And everyone here, imagine them all in fairly colorful outfits, which you guys, again, Val especially, would know was pretty common of the pentarchy
3: loud in voice and clothing
0: yes (laughs) exactly and they are all forming up clearly as trained soldiers and the front line is about 30 feet away from you guys and then the person with the bow and the cord collar is about we'll say 40-45 feet away or so any final questions does the grass provide any sort of cover or are we
1: actually not in grass
0: um ooh good question if you were to drop down, you would have cover or be obscured. Okay. As you guys are all gathering up, the prince in front of you doesn't even turn around to look, but says in a sure voice, "With me." As he readies and starts to charge into battle, as Selv is also acting. All right, I guess so. with him. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem with having slow
1: initiatives. Is like I have all these ideas and I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I wanna
2: tell you, but also want to be a surprise.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you said it's I guess on self waist high grass, maybe a
0: little bit lower. Probably a little bit lower. You're pretty okay. tall. Okay. You can so see thigh, you can still high see, grass. Yeah, probably. You can still see the head and shoulders of checkers, even if he's just standing there, yeah. not on Mango. And also, Mango and Junior yeah. are with you. And again, it's just kind of it's one of those <laughs> dream logic y things where it's like, well, of course they're here, but also like. Kind of, why are they here? Ah. One, of the, one of the
1: soldiers has been embodied by yeah. Junior. <laughs> yeah. and he's just like standing there in the field, just like,
0: <laughs> Soldier, what are you doing? Uh, we, we will leave that to everyone's individual headcanons on and off this podcast, but sure. <laughs>
3: uh, okay, so I am going to shout to Checkers my idea. Ooh. And so Selv will turn and shout, Checkers entangle. uh, Oh, you read my mind. And point to the right-hand side group, Mm -hmm. and then Selv himself will move towards the left-hand side, not the minion folks, but will move towards the regular-looking...
0: Towards the uh, ones with the shields. The
3: ones with the shields, yeah. In a probably what would seem like a stupid move, (laughs) he's gonna position himself so that he can see the dwarf with the bow. Yep. And give her a good shot at him.
0: Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. I want you to do it. (laughs) 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 Roll a charisma check to see how interesting of a target you look. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What is... uh, That's a a, totally normal roll to ask for in your Dungeons & Dragons combat. uh, mm, Six. Mm, Well, we'll see how it goes.
2: Please know, Starbuck, we're all using your dice, so... Mm -hmm.
0: Read according. Yeah. Anything else? So, like uh,
2: yes.
3: Yes, because that is well within my movement range. So then I will actually take—we'll call it three attacks on the person in front of me. Twelve.
0: That's a miss. You are rebuffed by the shield.
3: Nineteen. That is a hit. And then it's a uh, twenty-five on the uh, off-handed attack.
0: Why? Yes. Yes, indeed
3: total of 12 points of damage on that shield-bearer.
0: You're able to deftly dodge and duck kind of underneath the shield. It is clearly very proficient at blocking, but you are still able to find plenty of spots to punish it.
3: And that will end my
0: turn. Okay. Now, it is the cord-caller's turn. Oof. You see uh, this skinny individual puff up its chest in almost strange proportions and then its jaw opens his jaw i won't say it i'm you know it's a it's a person (laughs) but its jaw opens up in a very wide you're not sure if it's supernatural but just a weird way (laughs) and he begins to sing he kind of does a couple bars of of warm-up i guess (laughs) Until he hits a specific note, and it's this high octave piercing note high above you. Operatic notes flutter around, and you can feel this swirl of magical energy, and you all kind of like cringe a little bit, but it seems like everyone else is emboldened by it. The other shield bearer gets to move as a reaction. Oof. And it moves, we'll call it about 10 feet, over to self. And is going to make an attack against you for free. Does a 16 hit. Ah! Yes, it does. <laughs> ha ha! You fool. What it does, it runs up and instead of using its spear, it slams its spike shield into you. And ooh, you take low damage. You only take four points of piercing damage. However, you are now knocked prone. No save.
1: Oh jeez.
0: Oh. But oh no. That's bad. Sorry, that was a bonus action. Ooh. As its action, it immediately kind of like pitch shifts up even higher. And checkers. Yes. Ooh, that's very high. Does a 20-something hit your AC? Absolutely. Uh, you guys all see emitting from this creature's mouth. As it hits this shifting tone and goes even higher, it is as if, like, imagine, it's very anime, but, like, this, like, almost spout of sound pierces out towards checkers and just, like, hits you square in the chest. Like it is a, someone hitting you like a you are a drum. Mm-hmm. And just, boo. You take 13 points Ugh. of thunder damage.
2: Ugh. Damn.
0: Ow. Jeez. And again, this is all just part of this soaring aria that is like, both beautiful and just the worst thing you've ever heard, all at the same time
2: And now, a word from our sponsor.:
0: This episode is brought to you by a foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D& D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War. A peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tair. Can the gang find Tair, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed Goblin Gunslinger.
1: Hi, everyone. David here with The midroll. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, recklessattack.com. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-screen the talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless a Snack, where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it, too. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the episode.
0: The chord caller is now just, like, hitting several notes. And it's clearly, it's some sort of, like, whistling command system, if that makes sense. You know, where, like, he's saying certain notes that mean different signals. And... The rightmost group of minions move and surround Val. I don't like this. You oh, you should not. Does a nineteen hit? Yeah. You take seven points of damage. You take two base damage and five extra points of damage for each minion next to you. That is their turn.
1: So all of these soldiers just Charge up towards Valance around her immediately on the edge of this like defensive line.
0: Yes, and they are charging as a unit. Like clearly, this is a group that are like trained to work together as like a mini squad, and they beeline straight to Val. Jeez. I'll
2: be fine. I got this.
0: All right, all right. Uh, and now the other group of minions <laughs> get to go.
2: I don't got them. Charge towards
1: Val. Charge towards Val.
2: Checkers is right there. You and, say. Cass and Checkers are right there. Ooh,
0: is he going to go, are they going to go to, no. They are a trained military unit. Yeah. And they see, fucking, <laughs> they see Kaskrin in super heavy armor. Yeah. And with a giant war hammer. And then they also see a frog. I mean, they don't really, but like <laughs> they do and they don't. They see a soldier making frog noises.
1: Yes. And it's like, hmm, That's very interesting. Maybe we should ignore that one. He doesn't seem like a threat why is he just standing on all fours and (laughs)
0: jumping up and down yeah exactly but i was imagining you guys are pretty close together so cast they are essentially right next to you as well but are clearly focusing on trying to get checkers down checkers i'm gonna roll uh to attack you you got it Ooh, that is a very high to hit uh there's a 17 on the die yes so you take you also take seven points of damage Your chest is already bruising a little bit yeah, and you are getting like, just like sort of stabbed. And again, each of them kind of have like short swords and bucklers that they're all just like trying to dip and dodge and try to like, wherever your attention is, that's where the strike, you know, doesn't come from. It's always striking your back, always striking an unguarded shoulder. What do you do?
1: Yeah. So the prince yelled out, with me! and checkers is just like eh, i don't know about that one <laughs> as he's been blasted by sound he's been trying to hold on to mango's saddle and now all of these people have just run up to him and are just trying to stab him left and right um checkers is kind of rethinking his battle strategy after <laughs> especially after Selv yelled
0: out to entangle the foe yeah it was really really you lost on initiative by literally <laughs> like one or two to both of these groups
1: yep <laughs> But he also sees the cord caller way in the distance, yes. actively trying to just blast him with sound again. So what Checkers is going to do, he's going to grasp onto Mango's saddle and just call out, all right, boy, let's get going. Mango's going to disengage. Mm-hmm. And Checkers
0: and Mango and Junior are going to
1: leap out of the combat and into the distance.
0: Now does and I don't remember the rules my my memory of the rules of uh-huh. when you have a mount who yeah. is disengaging do you also get to disengage yes cool yeah. I couldn't remember I knew it had come up a lot in our last campaign yep. and all that information <laughs> was gone from my brain mm-hmm. cool and great
1: and I assume, like, the prince is assuming all of his allies are just with him, and all of a sudden he just sees one of them just run away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, well, and again, it's like, but this is, this is combat, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you're not, like, running, running. You yeah. are getting distance from people who have come up to you. Yep. Very reasonable, I think, response mm-hmm. <laughs> from a seasoned warrior. Uh, so how far away do you move from the people who are just descending upon you? Mango's actually going
1: to jump forward towards the cord collar out of the reach of the trained group of soldiers who just ran up onto him. Cool. And he's going to keep hopping in that direction. Cool.
0: I'm also, I'm imagining since you disengaged, you kind of, since it's not not just like a straight up jump, you're kind of like disengage and like take a couple waddling steps yeah. back to get clearance and then just over all of these people. Yep. Checkers turns around and just makes like a bleh <laughs> face at all of the
1: enemies while he conjures up a spell. As an action, he's going to cast the spell Spike Growth underneath all of the soldiers who just tried to stab him, and they can all see underneath their feet this bed of white, jagged coral appear, trapping
0: them in place. Sick. Now, the second shield bearer, the one who is commanded to move and attack Selv, gets to take his turn. Oh no. It's fine. Uh <laughs> It's fine. Selv is prone in front
2: of a melee attacker. Yeah. I don't think it's fine.
0: Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um it is going to attack at disadvantage. It's going to stab down with its spear onto you at, at, at advantage.
2: advantage.
0: Did I say disadvantage? Yeah. Yes. Which I which I'm hoping. No. Was was
2: <laughs> I mean, yes. Add, no, you said it. You said no. disadvantage. <laughs> you just no, Jaxies, Bexies. Uh
0: Bexie. You really wish that I had disadvantage because I rolled a two, but I also rolled ooh, a sixteen again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Four points of piercing damage. I'm down. Just kidding. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Sorry, See? guys. I haven't healed in eighteen days. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do this to us. I haven't spent any hit dice. i at five it says, levels It says, it says I, have
3: the, I have the option of spending hit dice. I yeah.
0: just <laughs> we didn't do it on air, so I did, it doesn't count. It breaks my immersion, you know. <laughs> that. Uh, that is its turn. Valeska Carter, you are surrounded by five soldiers. And again, these are a mix of different mortals. There's kind of no one predominant group or ancestry or anything that served the Pentarchy either now or kind of historically.
2: Mm-hmm. Val is still reeling from this immersion into war, something she's never experienced before. And given what they saw as the apparition asked for their help she was like oh it's gonna be one big monster we've done that before no it is into chaos and bloodshed that yeah. she is thrust and given her high insight she feels like every yeah. emotion that the even though they're apparitions like the emotion she feels is real yeah,
0: It is everything is real everybody moment of this is visceral and is happening as far as every sense in your body is concerned especially for someone as like empathic as Val is.
2: Mm -hmm. And she immediately needs to get all of these soldiers away from her as Val is almost like in a panic at all of the things occurring around her she almost in like instinct casts spirit guardians
0: fuck yeah mm. and
2: you see spectral librarians all <laughs> around <her. laughs>
0: nice ghosts to like, within ghosts <laughs> yes. yeah
2: to bring her like comfort and security in where's, this
0: where's moment your library library card focus <laughs> <library card? laughs> over over <laughs> there are fees There. there are fees. Uh, two
2: so i will need uh yeah, that's a <laughs>
0: And do they take saves right now? Or is it start at this turn?
2: When the creature enters the area for the first time on a turn mm-hmm. or starts its turn there, cool. it must make a wisdom saving throw. So at
0: the start of their turn, I'll make start making those saves. But yeah, you can mm-hmm. see them all swirling. I'm imagining, yeah, that was perfectly described where you're just like starting to get like beaten down and poked and prodded. And there's just an explosion of arcane and holy energy as just all these mean librarians start just like smacking books on palms. Kasker and Brightmane, on either side of you are soldiers everywhere. There are soldiers in front of you, and there are two foes, two commanders in the back. It is a target rich environment. What do you do? I'm actually going to do something uh, really dumb. Hell yeah. uh, we'll see if it works.
1: (laughs) So Kaskrin trundles forward away from the two (laughs) groups of minions. Which is maybe
0: the least heroic word, but I'm like, ooh.
1: But but it it evokes exactly what you Tell me that's wrong. I dare you. And he moves towards the two shield bearers that are overshadowing cells. From the ground, he casts Stone Forming and stomps his foot against the earth. In front of him, this. Large stone slab erupts in front of him and he sort of breaks it off, holding it as a shield yeah. uh, against these two creatures. In his right hand, he summons forth magical energy and thrusts his hand to the sky. He is going to cast Minor Illusion. Ooh, okay. And much like the cord collar is performing this aria, having you know notes fly around in the air and making this music, Kaskrin is going to try and disrupt that by playing notes that are kind of discordant to try and Ooh, throw him okay. off, so maybe he can't quite hit the right notes in order to get the effect that he wants. There's okay. something in his ear blocking that.
0: Okay, cool. Um, let's roll Opposed Checks. He will roll performance, and you can roll whatever you would like, and I'm giving you advantage because it's a fucking cool idea. I'm picturing this,
3: this operatic kind of thing coming from one end, and then Cass steps up, and you hear
1: this uh, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. <laughs> it's very <Mary laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: Cass will make a opposed performance check. Cool. And yes, I do have a number for performance <laughs> nice. of this character. Ooh. Okay. What'd you roll? Castgrun has a 23. Uh, That beats it. Hell uh, yeah. So, oh, wow. so it's not even that you like distract him necessarily. You, the notes that you put out are like just discordant enough yeah. that it like muddies everything. And so like it is just a little bit less effective. Uh, and we will say depending on what he ends up doing, he will get a disadvantage on his next turn. That is sick as fuck. Anything else? That's it for me. Okay. Now, it is the Dwarven Bowmaster's turn. She is going to kind of circle around just a little bit so that there's clear line of sight between Checkers and Kaskrin. But is going to draw back her bow on Kaskrin as Cass is like, kind of behind this stone wall and very clearly try, like concentrating on his music. And it's going to do a sneak attack. Mm. A 23 to hit. Hits. Okay. 8 points of piercing damage. I take all 8 and I don't like that. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, I forgot sneak attack. Oh jeez. <laughs> it does more than that. <gasps> you take 9 more
1: points of damage. Oh my god.
2: How are you doing?
1: Not great after that. I took 17 points of damage in
0: one, one go.
2: Who's worse? You or Checkers?
0: Uh, definitely me. Yeah. I'm not doing Zod either, but. And then it is going to use its bonus action and is going to dash and move back 20 feet. So now it's probably about 40 feet away from Checkers and probably 30 feet away from Kaskrin. Okay. That is the end of round one. Val is still menaced by. By five of the this kind of like military unit, Checkers is in a no man's land by himself. Kaskrin is also pushing towards the prone Selv, having his own kind of stone wall up against these two shield breakers and the Chord Caller's melodies still carry over the battlefield even as it is pierced by Kaskrin's weird and bad notes. <laughs> <laughs> Selv. Yes. You can see the prince is in his own part of the no man's land who is also pushing up against his own kind of like small squad and you can see him clearly a seasoned warrior clearly a battlefield leader who is cutting through people trying desperately to get to the cord collar and to continue to get momentum for his fight what do you do laying prone in the grass well uh first of all
3: Mechanically, I'm going to spend half my movement to stand up. Seems good. But what that's actually going to look like is Selv kicks his, his foot around and does this twirl and pushes himself up with his hands. Yeah. Great and kind of flip, flips himself up so he's standing. And then turn to Cass and say, are you okay here?
1: Casquin has this shield in front of him and just this arrow jutting out in between <laughs> the plates in his armor. And it says, I'll be fine. <laughs> Go get him.
3: Then I am going to spend one point of key to use step of the wind, which allows me to use disengage as a bonus action. That leaves me with 20 feet of movement. Can I get to the cord caller?
0: And you're disengaging so you would not take any attacks of opportunity. Yeah, I I would say so. Okay.
3: We've got to the cord caller. Then I am going to take my attacks against him. I'm going to do these one at a time because I am spending another point of key to attempt a stunning strike. Okay. Total of 20. That hits. Okay. Spending a key point for stunning strike, which means the cord caller needs to make a constitution saving throw.
0: Failure. Excellent. They
3: are stunned. Nice. Which means my second attack. And how much damage does that attack do Ah, before we forget? Right, 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 right. Uh, So that will be...
0: Four points of damage.
2: (laughs) Saving it for the stunned ones. Saving
0: it for the stunned ones, yeah. You, like, punch him in the throat, basically, and you hear, (laughs) like, a supernatural, (laughs) uh, as the aria stops, and only you can hear is the discordant notes (laughs) from Kaskrin. (laughs) You sing like a member of the Pentarchy.
3: My second attack will be at advantage because he is stunned. So a 19 on the die. Absolutely. Okay. Ooh, max damage. 11 points of damage from that one. And if there's any movement or or if I could have positioned myself this way, I'm going to put the cord collar between myself and the dwarf with the bow.
0: He's like, you you punch him in the throat and he like reels backwards and you punch him in the stomach and he like (laughs) Bulls over, and then you. I'm imagining self just kind of then like lifts him up by the collar and kind of like, just <laughs> yeah. like lifts his limb form or,
3: or or self
0: ducks just a little bit to. Yeah. Get, you know. <laughs> exactly. And, and that will be the end of my turn. Excellent. It is his turn. Does he get a save or anything, or is it till he is done? No, it's until,
3: until the end of uh, end of my next turn.
0: So you hear, I would be so lucky if I had the voice of the Mandrag. <clears throat> Uh, that is his turn. <laughs> now it is the group that is surrounding Val's turn. There are still five of them. It is going to take...
2: No, they're not. Those bitches are <gasps> going to make they're save. They're taking some
0: fucking wisdom saving throws. All right. I'm going to roll some wisdom save. What is the DC? Excellent
2: question. 15?
0: I think it's higher than 15. that. Oh, nice. Okay. Fail. Yeah. Ooh. So... There are five again, they're all bearing down on you, they're clearly well trained military units. And this explosion of arcane energy and they kind of are all taken aback and as they go into kind of get to work on you again, you just see a bunch of them just being cold cocked by librarians. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> do
2: I so it does do damage. So
0: you automatically kill everyone who fails. Okay. So four of them just get whacked in the back of the head. Those, roll late, for damage. those late fees get you every yes. time. <laughs> but because you do half damage on a successful saving throw, you can still potentially still do enough damage to wipe all five of them out in one okay.
2: go. That is 11 damage.
0: Just Ooh. enough. Yay. <laughs> so immediately four of them just get wiped out by these librarians. And then one is kind of standing and like looking around like, Wait what, wait, what just happened? And then just all the librarians just like descend <laughs> upon it and no, you No, no, just... no.
2: I want it to be like. Absolutely. So they, you were describing them kind of like the raptors of Jurassic Park, yeah. where like it's <laughs> the attack's never coming where you think it is. Yes. And so like the one who saved was like Bobbin and weaving, like, you know, like dodging like stamps yes. and stuff. And then just like this tiny, like gnome looking librarian, like. <laughs> Pops up at his hip, like,
0: gotcha. (laughs) And and that's when he looks and goes... The classic librarian line. Gotcha. Goes, goes, clever girl. (laughs) Yep. And then just kneecaps him with a book. All five die at your feet. Nice. It's the other group's turn, though. And, ooh.
2: Yes, come to me.
0: I was going to say, I think they'll be like, I... Don't like (laughs) the look of that.
2: Well in Spirit Guardian's Defense, it didn't happen when it first arrived. So you know I think they they probably
0: still look at that and they're like I no thank you.
3: (laughs) I, I, I just imagine I imagine Val like looking at them and them looking back and Val being like the library welcomes everyone. <laughs> yeah.
2: it, Enter all who seek knowledge. Yes.
0: They're going to take their chances with the frog that is hopping away from them. Uh, how far did you move? 30 feet. Okay. But they are all, all still uh, surrounded by spike growth. Uh, oh, that's ooh, right. Oh, that's right. So they
1: can come after me if they want, but they're going to have some pokey heat. Val is closer. I am
0: so pissed. That's <laughs> strategy. And remind me. After this combat, remind me to tell you why I am so pissed at you.
2: (sighs) Val's closer.
0: Yeah, uh, there's no good option. (laughs) Uh, I think they are going to try and brave the plant growth and just like, almost like not realizing how sharp it's going to be. You know, they just start trudging and they're like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) What do they have to roll?
1: Uh, They don't have to roll anything, but for every five feet of movement, they take 2d4 points of piercing damage. Ooh, and it is difficult to rank. So they can move towards me but they're going to
0: be finding themselves with a lot of damage. It doesn't have any HP or anything, right? Like no. it can't be hacked at. Yeah. So what they're going to do is they are all taking they, they are going to start hacking at it. I mean, mechanically it yeah. makes no difference, mm-hmm. but they are going to take the dodge action, sure, as part of their action and hope that something bails them out, please god. <laughs> this is all this is all bad. This mm-hmm. is all bad. Yep. So that's what they're doing. They're all just, like, hacking, and there's still... There's probably two that are just on the outskirts of your aura, Val. So I see that Kaskrin has this giant arrow
1: sticking out of him, and he's facing down two shield bearers. What I'm going to do is just look over at him and just reach an arm out and begin casting a spell that spell is the first level spell Sanctuary as a bonus action Ooh. so something kind of comes up around your vision and it's almost like you've been encased in this bubble of water the view in front of you is kind of distorted mm-hmm. but the enemies are also seeing the same distorted view of you and Kaskrin, like looks back at you checkers and then looks towards the two shield bears in front of him and has this menacing grin as he like hunkers behind his shield and this dome of water envelops him in protective energy and then Checkers just kind of, like, reaches down towards Mango. All right, one more. And Mango dashes off towards the dwarf with the longbow. Ooh, cool. So he'll move 60 feet towards that longbow uh, longbow wielder way off in the distance. Yeah, boy. And then Checkers is going to hop off of Mango and just run around the, the side of the longbow user and just be like, Hey, 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 where do you think you're going? Kind of a flank kind yeah. of situation. Yeah. Awesome.
3: So I, uh, I I thought when you said you were going to, you know, seeing that Cass has the arrow sticking out of him, you're going to reach towards him and just go like. yank it out
2: yeah. against medical advice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. Anything else? That's it. Just then, you all see a flash of arcane energy off in the distance of the battlefield. And again, it's twilight, so you have pretty good vantage point. This light is hundreds of yards away from you. It appears as though there are figures that appear in this flash of light. And it is only a small group. You can just barely make out some vague details. But a voice rings out, also supernaturally loud across these hundreds of yards, across the din of the raging battle around. And this deep voice comes out from a creature that appears to be seated on a horse, maybe, and carrying some sort of large weapon. As this small group moves into combat, you see bodies start to fly. More than that, you see it, it, it appears as though like allies are turning on each other, too, in this kind of like strange group. Like those that are closest are going flying to to imperceptible weapon attacks. And in a ring around, it seems like people have stopped fighting or are fighting each other or it's, it's immediate just like a different kind of pandemonium. And you hear this booming voice. Prince, the dreamcatcher scribed the battle had begun, and I decided I should wade in to crush your little army. All who remain on this battlefield have no further terms of peace extended to them, only terms of death. You face Nazar the Black, King of Discord, Member of the Pentarchy. Flee now, or your lives are forfeit. And that is where we will end this week's episode, everybody. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. We <laughs> will see you next week. So will we? Die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Right, the put us to rest fight What? the put us to rest fight that was the last thing they said put us to rest
0: oh
1: yeah yeah the that? the that version was like uh, something something my brothers and sisters I uh, have p- yeah. idea, put yeah. us to rest I only know because I just finished editing fight myself, alongside
3: so. me be, uh, be the brothers and sisters who did not put us to rest I why do not you, remember I'm, that I may, at may all. You,
0: I may have you uh, read that
1: I don't know why I just like blacked out that entire end of that session I don't remember that <laughs> it's been a minute uh-huh. yeah it's been two weeks so. <laughs>
2: yeah that's true that's
3: true Sorry about that. <laughs> how
1: how yeah. could you yeah. say that? Don't yeah. celebrate your holidays, Yeah, too. I know. Yeah. We, don't, we don't do that around See, here. See, fa- friends and family, gross.
0: We are your friends. Yeah. We are right. your, The
1: game we is your family. We are all going to
2: take off around Christmas, so right. it's the same thing. We,
0: we
3: don't care about your Rush Kippur or, yeah. or your Yom Hashanah.
0: <laughs> you signed a contract, Steve, when you're doing yeah. this podcast. If you look at the fine print. Mm-hmm.